Welcome to the Elevate Your Life podcast with Evelyn Kelly. I'm your host, Evie, life and confidence coach, and I'm here to support you to create unstoppable self-belief and confidence, own your self-worth, and to elevate all areas of your life. Join me for soulful yet straight-talking chats with epic humans, juicy DNMs with me, and loads of inspiration so that you can be the best vision of yourself and live a life you truly love and deserve. Are you with me? Here we go. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Elevate Your Life podcast. Today, I am joined by the gorgeous Bianca Marks. Bianca is a clinical naturopath and a certified life and mindset coach who specializes in helping women disconnect from stress and anxiety and feel lasting wellness. She helps women transform their health holistically through heart-centered holistic care and mind-body medicine. Bianca specializes in gut health, mood, hormone balance, and fertility, helping women feel their best, ditch the anxiety, build resilience, and vitality. She removes the overwhelm and helps you see the fun and enjoyment in looking after yourself. I know you're going to love this episode today with Bianca. We talk all about how to reduce stress, overwhelm, and anxiety or anxious feelings. We talk about her journey to becoming a naturopath and life and mindset coach, her journey with perfectionism, the number one question she gets asked in her practice, how do I stop stressing? How to reframe stress and instead thinking about rebuilding the stress resilience in you and lots of practical ways to reduce stress and build the stress resilience. I know you're going to love this one. And just to add, Bianca and I are going to be doing an Instagram live Q&A on all questions around how to reduce stress and the mindset around that. And we're going to be delivering that on the 1st of December. There's going to be links in the show notes to both our Instagram accounts. So definitely go check us out and you can get your question answered specifically by either Bianca or I. We are so excited for that. It's going to be lots of fun and we can't wait to chat more with you. But without further ado, here is the one and only Bianca Marks. Hello, beautiful Bianca, and welcome to the podcast today. It's so exciting to have you here and I'm really excited for our conversation today. Hello, good morning. Thanks so much for having me. I absolutely adore talking to you, so I'm super excited. Oh, likewise. (laughs) So excited for this conversation. So before we dive into today's chat, can you start us off with a dose of inspiration and tell me about your favorite quote and why? Oh, it's funny. I love a good quote. Like I adore a good quote and I have so many favorites and one that made me do so much thinking and heaps of reflection over the years is actually one from uh, Brian Brown around perfectionism and so she said perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best it is the belief that if we live perfect look perfect act perfect we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame judgment and shame now everyone can interpret that in so many ways depending on what that means for them so for me The reason why I love it, and it highlighted the reasons why we often strive for perfection. So for me, it was about the judgment on myself, which was based on other people's opinions and really knowing your self-worth and knowing that you are enough because that's essentially what it's about. And I used to really hide behind perfectionism and thought that at that point in time, it was really serving me. And though, even though now I'm definitely a recovered perfectionist, this quote still resonates with me, but I view it differently. I kind of read it now and smile, semi-giggle a little bit because I think of how far I've come. And it actually helps me identify perfectionism traits in a lot of my clients and the stress that we put on ourselves. So that's why I really, really love it. And it's actually so, uh, it's a quote that's on a little frame in my office all the time. So just to remind myself how far I've come. 
I love that in so many different ways. What a wonderful quote. I haven't heard that one before. I'm definitely going to write that one down <laughs> and ponder it some more it's myself. Yeah, so good. Amazing. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and a bit more about your journey to now being a naturopath and a mindset coach? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have been a naturopath for just over 13 years. And I remember saying to myself, you know, I don't want to treat anybody like me. Like, I don't want to treat anybody that is highly stressed, that is anxious, that probably isn't going to be compliant and they think that they know it all. I actually thought that I would be my worst nightmare patient and lo and behold, what came through my door? (laughs) Young women, highly stressed, anxious, they've got the weight of the world on their shoulders, they're burnt out, they've got gut issues, they've got hormonal issues, but the core contributing factor was stress. And I had completely manifested all of that coming into my clinic at the time. And I was like, how in the world am I going to treat them? I don't even know how to treat myself. So I kind of knew what to do in theory as a new graduate. I knew all of my protocols inside out, but I didn't know how to help myself. And I didn't know how to help my clients with mindset stuff, which really what essentially what the core issue was. and. About six years ago, I remember chatting to one of my best friends about life coaching and saying, oh, how good would it be to help my patients out, not just with all of their physical health, but their mindset? And at the time, I didn't even know that being a life coach was a thing, like didn't know it existed. And it wasn't until I was trying to figure out a name for my business and I went through a whole stack of them, then went to check out if a certain domain was free only to find out that the domain I wanted was taken up by the coaching academy. And I was like, signed up within 30 seconds. I didn't even check the price. For all I know, it could have been double what it was and I wouldn't have even noticed. Um, And then it just changed everything for me personally. And then straight away, I knew where I wanted to take my work and who I had to serve. So the answer was staring at me the whole time. So for the past four years, I've really made the coaching and the mindset work very much a big part of how I serve these women. And that's now what I call into my work intentionally now. Not so I seek these women, I I really seek these women out because I know now how to serve them. Um, basically serving myself in a nutshell. So it's a bit of an interesting story. Oh, so fascinating. I didn't know that story. And that's so interesting about the domain name being taken <laughs> and then signing up within seconds. So it good. Meant to be. It was meant to be. Oh, 100%. Oh, so interesting. And I'm assuming along the lines there and what you've kind of alluded to is that you've obviously been on your own journey and healed mm. yourself from a, a physical point of view, but also the mindset work as well. And then now that's your area of expertise and what you support your clients with as well definitely definitely I think anybody that does any sort of work in healthcare or wellness goes through a massive let's say self-discovery journey whatever you want to call it uh, about themselves and we often really enjoy treating people like ourselves in the end because we we know it and we've been through it and we know what it's like on the other side So you just have to identify that that's what's actually going on and that's who you're meant to serve. And it's been so much fun ever since. Yeah, totally. And I absolutely resonate with that myself Mm. as well. (laughs) So today we sort of wanted to talk about stress, overwhelm, anxiety or anxious feelings. And I think this is such an important topic. It's, I mean, a a big topic, right? But just so important on so many different levels full stop, but especially for women and how we feel on the inside and our overall health. And it sounds like that's been your big journey and what you support your clients with. So I'd love for us to start the conversation off there, maybe thinking about like, what are some of the main questions or the number one question that you often get asked around this? Yeah, absolutely. Look, (laughs) 
it's interesting. The main question that I get asked, of course, is how do I stop stressing, which is like the million dollar question in itself. But what the question actually really needs to be is how can we cope better with stress? How do we increase resilience? How do we adapt and identify when things are affecting us or they're not serving us? So it sometimes feels like to people that I'm sort of dancing around the question a little bit, but the truth is, is that we cannot remove stress completely out of our lives. We do need a small amount in our lives. It's really great for motivation, great for productivity, and physiologically, we do need small amounts of stress as well. And our bodies are completely equipped to handle small amounts of stress. We have a response for it. Where we need to be able to identify is when this goes beyond just something small, something acute, and it becomes chronic. So it starts to become chronic and it really affects our health and our happiness as well because I don't think that we can really separate those. And then we also need to identify the role that we are playing in creating or increasing the stress for ourselves. So that's a really big part. And then we start going down a big journey of how we can support them in order to do that. Uh, which, how much time do you have, Evie? Because we can go through <laughs> all of these things, but it's it's a big it's a big concept for a lot of people, and it's not just okay. Here's what you got to do, and then you'll leave and never be stressed again. It obviously doesn't work like that. There is so much yeah. that is out of out of our control, but there is so much that we can do to build up that resilience and adapt, and also to stop putting so much pressure and stress on ourselves, which is the massive, well, a massive part of it and mindset comes into that as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, big, big topic. So I guess what would you say are some of the key areas or the common areas that women tend to stress most in or maybe what are some of our triggers that we can start to slowly identify in our own lives? Sure. So one of the, obviously, the main areas that I see being in clinical practice is you know, young women, they're stressed about their health. You know, it's definitely one area. We often don't think about our health until something's not right. And, you know, at the moment we see a lot of young women not getting their periods. We have a lot of women of all different ages having gut issues, hormonal issues, skin problems, fertility problems. And whilst there can be so many driving factors for those, stress is definitely in there somewhere whether it be a cause or whether it be a, a contributing factor. And we often forget about stress as a cause because we've learned to live with it and mm. we're often made to feel like it's not within our control. So we just don't think of it as a, a cause or a contributing factor. The yeah. other key area um, I find that comes up regularly is this concept of always needing to aspire to or need to reach a level of you know, something more, for example, wellness. This is driven by social media for most of my clients. It's a big driver for their stress. And I don't know if you've noticed, but very much on social media at the moment, it's about hashtag goals. So it's mm. couple goals, it's relationship goals, it's health goals, body goals, food goals, house goals. <laughs> Uh, and career goals. So a lot of the stress comes from feeling like oh, we're not enough and always need to aspire to more. And I particularly see this when it comes to health and the young women that sit opposite me are very much, but I'll never be able to reach that level of wellness, like because there's always going to be something else. And it's a really massive driver for them. The stress that they are under uh, it really affects them. So there's been many young women that whilst we've been together in a session, we've actually deleted. <laughs> I'm like, get out your phone. We're deleting and you're just going to have a week of nothing so that you can recalibrate. Let's focus on a few things to help you reset. And it does help. So I do notice that that's one thing, particularly the past eight months, that's really increased. Mm. And know what I think everybody's been through it at some point in their lives so we can't be hard on ourselves it's not our fault 
But who we follow is really important. And I know that you've spoken about this before. Um, So if we really understand that if we follow the right people, the people that we really admire, social media is actually really wonderful. But sometimes we have to remove ourselves temporarily and reset. And that's what we we tend to do a lot. So um, they're probably the, the probably number one and two things that people really stress about um, at the moment in my practice. And then mindset is a very big part of the picture as well, which is my favourite topic. <laughs> favourite. Yeah, me too. So good. Yeah. And I guess with the social media thing, I was just going to add in here that it, it like just fuels the comparisonitis. Yeah. Uh, and essentially what you're saying is that we're never good enough because there's always this massive elusive thing that's kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, literally elusive. Like it's not real as such or um, we're not seeing the full picture. We just have this idea in our minds. Yeah. And that can be really like I'm a huge believer of like, you know, creating supportive, inspiring goals and going after what you want in life. But it can be really damaging if there, if it's like this never ending thing of, and it's a fueling of, um, or really it comes from a, a place of lack of self-worth of just yeah. like having to do more, be more, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. completely and we do you know I think like I said we've all been through it at some stage and because I love working with young women particularly you know 18 into their 20s and into their early 30s it is an evolution so we've all been there some some at some stage Uh, but just having that chat around who really inspires you on social media and focusing on those people or those groups or whoever it is, actually can easily switch us because there tends to be more of the sharing of the not-so-glamorous parts of people's lives and we can connect better. But sometimes we have to go through it to really understand the effect it has on us. Um, And sometimes you just need somebody's help to help you identify that maybe it's just not serving you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like it. So checking in with who you're following, how they make you feel. Is it inspiring, supportive, uplifting for you or not? Delete the ones who aren't. And then maybe having that full break at times for a complete reset. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Love Often it. needed. Yeah. Even we have to sometimes just have a weekend where it's just nothing. <laughs> no social media of any type. But um, you can get to the point where it doesn't, it's not impacting your life in a stressful way and you can get to that point that that doesn't even need to happen yeah I'm just also thinking um on the same topic as Mm. it's almost like social media and just with today's day and age we're so bombarded with all of this external stimulus and noise that it's that just I guess adds to the overwhelm the stress the feelings of anxiety um so it may not even just be about the comparisonitis or yeah. feeling like there's this elusive more. It may be just literally being bombarded all of the time. Yeah, 100%. There is, if we relate it to health, for example, there is so much info out there and so many posts about this gut repair program, that re- repair program, how to fix your hormones, sign up to this uh, And people often don't know what's right for them. So they might, with all great intentions, go through a program that may not be exactly targeted to what they're wanting, but they think, oh, it sounds great. It's marketed really great. Uh, And so they end up with this, oh, I don't know what's right for me. I don't know where to go. I don't know what's right for my body. So that's a massive cause of stress for young people or for everybody actually for all ages I should say when there is a lot of information and we just don't know how to sift through it we don't know how to find out the little gem in there that's right for us yeah totally and this reminds me of some of the stuff that I love working around is like coming home to yourself using your intuition your inner knowing instead of yeah being bombarded externally yeah yeah yeah. So I like I love this idea that you brought up earlier about building stress resilience and or, or reframing it in a way. And so 
can we start to talk a bit more about like some of the practical things that we can do to support ourselves with this or to rebuild that that stress resilience? Absolutely. So sometimes when it comes to health, I always believe that it's part mindset and part knowledge. So a lot of women will come to me and say that they feel that they have a mindset issue and that may be true in part, but stress can also come from, as we just said, simply not knowing what the best thing to do to improve your health is, what's right for you. So it's part educating them. It could be on nutrition or how to fuel their bodies, how the body works, why something they are doing or not doing is not serving them and so forth. So providing knowledge on their key their key contributing factors and so forth is absolutely important. They then feel so much more in control and they know what they need to do. And then there's mindset, okay, which is where it's just so beneficial for health outcomes in relation to the stresses that we put on ourselves and where we put our health on the priority ladder. So it often, like you said, it often comes down to things like our sense of self-worth, our enoughness, our self-trust, and they can show up as things like not prioritising yourself, our food choices, knowing what we should do, the way we look at food, that whole good versus bad, clean versus not clean, which let's just get rid of, you know, hashtag clean eating or clean eats, just let's banish it. (laughs) There's no such thing. You know, taking on too much burnout, not setting boundaries, not saying no, and then being so hard on ourselves that we place the the world's problems on our shoulders. So I think what I like to create with people is what I call a a stress toolkit. So basically what this is, it's your go-to kit or your resource for when you need to make sure that you are supporting yourself both physically and also through your mindset. I always combine the two. So your toolkit might house some of your best grounding techniques. So a grounding technique is anything that helps you feel calm and helps you connect to yourself. So the main ones that we hear about are things like meditation, journaling, yoga, visualization, and they're all fantastic, but they're not for everybody. So people will often say, I hate meditating. I hate visualization. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't do anything. So we need to find something or a a grounding technique that really serves you. And it could look like swimming, deep breathing, like I said, yoga, meditation, journaling, sitting out in the sun, connecting to nature, dancing. It could be uh, talking to a friend, stretching. One of my patients actually has Um, Her grounding technique is walking around the block picking flowers. (laughs) She finds it so so relaxing. And when she's walking, she's obviously doing a little bit of exercise and she's also processing her thoughts as she's doing it. Um, And she picks flowers. She has all of the neighbours' permission to do so, (laughs) which is beautiful. And I then have another client of mine who... Her grounding technique is cooking, particularly using her hands, like kneading dough. So she's making fresh pasta a lot um, and baking, and it's just her way of just releasing tension. She gets to reset. She goes through her thoughts whilst she's cooking. So I just wanted to point that out, that grounding techniques can look like anything. They don't have to be what we often assume them to be, which is your typical meditation and yoga and so forth. Whilst they are fantastic, there's no doubt, but it doesn't have to be that if you if that's not for you. So grounding techniques are obviously the first thing that we need to discover, what is right for you. And then we go through all of the information on how to and the protocols and how to fuel your body the right way to support you through times of stress you know, your nutritional um, go-tos and your lifestyle go-tos, that all goes into it. And then I actually have a series of quick mindset refocus questions that just help us bring us back to what's important and really help us identify what's um, going on. Cool. So can you you elaborate? I'd love to talk more about this mindset piece. Yeah. 
So to do it like a really quick mindset refocus, it's just a series of quick questions. So it's not about spending hours and hours going through things because when you're stressed, you just want a quick fix. Yeah. So first we need to get clear on what the actual issue is. What are you stressed about in that particular moment? Is it something that's within your control? Is it something that's out of your control? What's the best way that I can support myself to get through the next dot, dot, dot? And that could be the next week. It could be an event that you've got coming up. But for a lot of people, it's just how do I get through the day? How do I get through the day is, you know, true for so many of us. And what actions do I need to take that are aligned with where I want to be and how I want to feel? So what that helps you to do is really focus on what you need to do and gives us a sense of control and ownership, which when we're in the throes of having anxious moments, we don't feel like we're in control. And that gives us a quick win because we often forget that when we are stressed that we have the control, but we do. We absolutely have the control. So making sure that you're choosing actions that are only aligned to where you want to be or how you want to feel is really important. Mm. The last two questions is very simple, and I know that you um, do the same. It's what's my inner critic telling me right now that I should be ignoring? <laughs> and what's the new story I'm going to tell her? Love okay. it. Whatever. Love it. Yeah. So what is my new story going to be? So that really imparts that control and that confidence boost that we really need at that stressful moment. So that's all part of your toolkit. And it's something that the more you practice, the reframing gets so much easier. It's like a muscle. The more you do it, the easier it gets. And you find that you can reset quicker and you can lean on yourself more when you need to, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So it's it's like we're saying that we're going to have triggers, we're going to have stress in our lives, we can't eliminate it completely, yeah. but grounding, doing the mindset work and supporting your body on a physiological health level is, is I guess, mm. is, would, that, would that be your key three kind of pillars? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing I just wanted to just to make mention is we often think that stress is something that we've just got to put up with in order to get us places. So we think it's a price to pay if we want something. And our health often gets moved to the back of the line because when we're feeling great, we don't think about it. So it's the whole concept of, well, what's wellness to me? What is health to me? How can I maintain this so I actually can do more of the things that I love and I want to do? But for a lot of us, we don't think about it until we're not feeling so good. And there is so much that's within our control. It is in our hands, not somebody else's. But we are also through society, even social media now, that our health is not in our hands anymore. When we're not feeling well, we can just go somewhere else and get the answers. But we are the ones that need to do that initial journey, work out what's right for us. And also the things that work for us, being in tune with our body, what works, what makes it feel good, what doesn't make it feel good. It's like we know our bodies better than anybody else. Sometimes we need help, but we need to be more in tune with what makes us feel good and what doesn't serve us. Love this so much. So, so helpful and such a wonderful, wonderful topic to talk about. What would you say to this? I mean, the, the things that are coming to me is like, how can we foster that relationship with ourselves more? How can we carve out more time to prioritize our health, our wellness, our mental well-being and how we feel on a daily day-to-day basis? Would you say that these are practices that you would suggest that people implement on a regular basis? Absolutely. I think it's really important to assess where you're at in regards to your health goals. We'll just call them health goals (laughs) or your vision for your health, what you're wanting to improve. You need to assess them all the time. You know, you need to sit down like I make it part of my daily ritual that I really focus on where I'm at with my health. What am I needing to do or focus on today to feel better by the end of today, to feel better tomorrow, the next week? And it's like an accumulative effect. 
Um, so that's one key thing that we've got to do. Really knowing that we have the control to do that is super important, super important. And the other thing that we need to remember is that it's not a one size fits all. So sometimes where people can get a little bit complacent and a little bit overwhelmed and even a cause of frustration and stress is that they've tried something that someone else has tried that have, they've gotten results in, but it hasn't worked for them. So it's, okay, throw arms up. Well, it's not working for me. So there's something wrong with me. The truth is there's nothing wrong with you. You're just not generic. You are not generic. We do not fit into this one-size-fits-all gut program. We don't fit into a one-size-fits-all fix your hormones, be happy with your hormones. And it goes, it's the truth for fertility, it's truth for skin issues or skin problems. You are not generic. So what the best investment that you can do is to work with somebody that can identify with you what's going on, what's right for you, but also getting in tune with yourself. If we focus on, for example, let's look at food for it as an example, we know when something doesn't agree with us. We know that because we can feel it. And it's really being clear and mindful every single day. So mindfulness is a big thing that I try and teach people, is really being aware about the food that you're consuming. Is it agreeing with you? Does it not agree with you? What's your company like? Who are you around? Are there things that you want to say that you're not saying? Because that impacts our health too, into chronic sore throats, for example. If you need to get stuff off your chest, how is it manifesting for you physically? So it's really being in tune with the signals that your body is giving you can make all of the difference. Because like I said, you know your body better than anybody else and you always will. We often think that we don't. <laughs> we often think that we don't, but we know we know how we feel. And if you just have to get better at sitting down for five minutes a day in the morning and in the evening, closing your eyes and just focusing on what you feel in your body, that is one of the best things that you can do. Yes, so good. So I look, I just think that we need to stop trivializing stress. And it's something that I talk to people a lot about. And, you know, where we prioritize ourselves, and people say, well, how do I prioritize ourselves myself more? And it's really understanding that, okay, what are you sacrificing your health for? And a lot of the time, it's work. Uh, it's um, study. It's like, well, if I study all night, do summer school, winter school, whatever it is, you're heading towards burnout. It's like if you do focus on your health, these are the results that you're actually going to get in all of the other areas that you're wanting to work on, whether it be career or whatever. So it's really being clear on your vision that if you did focus on your health, even simply as just being a little bit more energetic, maybe getting rid of the discomfort that you feel in your gut every now and again. Like it can even be little things that can make a massive impact to the way that we focus during the day, the way that we concentrate to our memory. Uh, and then that then fuels more motivation and that also fuels more energy. So it's sitting down and looking at, well, what are you actually sacrificing your health for? Is it worth it? And what would it look like if I didn't sacrifice my health and I invested in myself? What would the results be in all of the other areas? Mm. I love this topic. I, it kind of leads me to this next idea around uh, us high achievers, high performing humans uh, and, yes. and the self pressure that we put on ourselves to do more, to be more, to go, to push. And it's funny how our mind plays tricks on us and we, it's it's almost flipped, like you just say, that we feel like we have to work more or do more and sacrifice sleep or our health or whatever, yeah. because it, that's kind of what society's placed such this huge uh, weight and importance around achieving instead of being and enjoying. Um, so yeah, what would you say around, uh, you know, that self-pressure that we put on ourselves and how that can influence our stress? Oh, definitely. You know, I have always called 
well, I used to always call myself a perfectionist, right? And it was something I was so proud of. I was so proud to say that I was a perfectionist and, you know, I was good at doing certain things and I was the best and I knew it all and I wasn't going to try something new unless I knew that I could do it 100%. (laughs) Now, that kind of pressure is so debilitating. It is so debilitating and it really affects our happiness as well because it comes to a point that we actually stop trying new things because we have that mindset that, well, I'm not even going to bother if I can't do it 100%. So then we become, become unhappy because we're not doing things, so we're not moving forward. And that stress does meant that constriction, I kind of like to describe it as constriction, that tenseness will start to manifest physically as well. So not only is it affecting our happiness and you're probably not moving towards either a career goal that you're after or something else, but it's affecting our health. It's stagnating. It's gut issues definitely are the number one. And I think we've all felt it. We get butterflies in our tummy when we're upset, when we're nervous. It's one of the first places that we feel it. So I now, like I said, I call myself a recovering perfectionist and it's only after you sort of work through it that you think, oh my goodness, I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, didn't know it, didn't know it at the time, didn't know that it wasn't serving me. And it wasn't until somebody that I used to work with actually said to me, Bianca, you are your own worst enemy. You are going to be your downfall. And at that time, I thought, who is this person? Like, how can she say that to me? Like, you know, my work is amazing. Like, I always deliver. I always deliver on time. I deliver projects. Other people can often see it, but we just don't see it. We see it that we're serving ourselves. And going back to, like, that quote that I mentioned earlier, you know, we need to identify what is it about the way that we're currently thinking about ourselves? Is it judgment? Is it blame? How do we, what's our enoughness, I guess, is how what I'm trying to say. And back then, I didn't think I was enough. I didn't think that um, I knew enough. Like, I felt like I had to go from course to course or whatever. And that manifested physically for me, chronic sore throats and lots of gut issues and definitely for me, fertility as well. So it's just crazy that the way that we think and the thoughts and the ways that we hold ourselves back really do impact our lives. But sometimes we just can't see it when we're right in the middle of it. It's almost like we want to have an out-of-body experience and then look at ourselves and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) You know, and even just like, you know, what what would you say to yourself, you know, 10 years ago kind of thing? It's like it's going to be okay. Like you don't Mm. need to have all the answers now. Things don't have to be perfect. Nobody's in competition with yourself, with, um, with you. You might be in competition with yourself, but you think it's other people in competition with you and you are holding yourself back. So once you acknowledge that, I often find, and I know that it was true for me, a lot of the physical symptoms, they literally left my body and it happens to a, a lot of other people as well. And look, it is a process. We do need to work physiologically on things as well, but just acknowledging that maybe something isn't serving you already has a massive impact Mm. yeah and I just wanted to share my little two cents here around high achievers because I feel like it it can come from or even the perfectionist thing like we can kind of use those interchangeably in a way here uh, similar kind of themes but essentially like I think that comes from a really good place deep down like I want to be the best I can be I want to deliver I want to do this really well I want to achieve I want to help people I want to serve like you've got big high big dreams big goals and I think that's a really wonderful thing so it's never something that like oh there's just something wrong with you and that you're just a high achiever and that's a bad thing it's just about managing the downfalls of that so the downfalls being the stress, overwhelm, overthinking, overanalyzing, putting so much pressure on ourselves that we then 
uh, you know, have the detrimental health side effects of that. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, maybe sharing some, shedding some light on it, getting some perspective. And I like that we've talked a lot about this throughout our call today around really getting curious and going within and, and building that self-awareness like how am I feeling? What's going to serve me the most right now? Or, you know, how is this this amount of pressure that I'm placing on myself? Is it serving me or not? And how do I want to reframe that or move away from it? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I love that. And, it's so, and it is so true. It does come from a good place of wanting to do great things, you know. Um, I absolutely resonate with that and then it's that fine line of when does it not serve us anymore and we just need sometimes a bit of help identifying that but it does come from a great place and you know I just sort of look at a lot of the young girls and I just I'm like you know what it's not your fault like and you'll be okay you'll be absolutely okay don't need to have it all figured out who really has it all figured out when they're really young anyway and a lot of us even our wants and our needs they change as we as we grow so that need and that want is always changing so not feeling like we have to to aspire to one thing like it's a top level and once we once we reach that ceiling then what have we got left it's like there is no ceiling like our wants and our needs will always change and so just taking that pressure that we have to have it figured out has a massive impact on our happiness and on our health as well. So, yeah, it's but it is a learning experience and once you go through it, it's obviously easy to easier to teach and to try and inspire other people to do the same. But, uh, yeah, that's why I always go back to that quote. Just It just reminds me of how far I've come, but also I see it in other people and just how far you can come. And it's when we stop putting a lot of that pressure on ourselves getting a little bit of knowledge if it's something to do with our health, for example, uh, finding the right people, connecting to ourselves, connecting to others, making us that priority, it all falls behind. All of It's like we just become instantly more resilient and we can just adapt to anything that comes our way, which is really what stress management is. It's about adapt adaptation, like let's adapt to whatever comes our way and we have that then we also have that self-trust which is super important it's a big puzzle piece in this whole picture yes I was just going to say that because when you trust yourself then you then you yeah you know that you're going to be okay and going to work through no matter what life throws at you yeah love it yeah love (laughs) so good (laughs) let's move on to some of our um my some of my other questions that I love asking my guests on the show so I'd love to know what have been some of the most game-changing pivotal really important or helpful things that you've done along your personal development journey I had to think about this one quite a lot because there was a few hands down for me was I'm really really big on rituals so my morning and my nighttime rituals I do get that it's not for everybody, but for me, it changed everything. So being a very highly anxious, um, going through a lot of anxiety, as a, actually as a child and through my teens and then through my young adulthood, I found that a lot of my past stress and my anxiousness or my anxious moments, I should say, were related to rushing and procrastination. <laughs> I was an epic, epic procrastinator. So routine for me, it brings calmness, plus I get a lot of my mindset stuff done. And I think for me, it's important, obviously, being a mum with young kids, uh, having that routine really enables me to get things done. But it also helps me set the intentions for the day. It helps me visualise it. Well, I set a time aside for visualising how the day is going to go, which I find is one of the best things that you can do. And then I obviously it gives me the time allocated to get other small tasks tasks done, family time, setting out clothes for the girls, making preparing my lunch for the day, preparing whatever it is. And I literally plan my day from morning to night into time blocks. And like I said, that's not for everybody. It's some people might find that quite rigid, um, but it's also really important to be flexible with your routines. Use them as a guide. 
you know, don't feel guilty if it doesn't end up looking exactly like that. Uh, you know, someone might pop in for a coffee. You might have an impromptu friend or family catch up, uh, you know, decide to go for a walk. All of those things can easily, you know, be changed. But I notice a really big difference to my energy and my calmness if, oh, and my focus as well, actually, if I don't have my routines done. Yeah, great. Love it. Mm. What does inner confidence mean to you? Mm. I think for me, it's, it's knowing that you are more than enough, that you will be okay, trusting yourself that you can handle anything that comes your way. For me, for me, it's really, it's really trusting that I can handle anything good, not so good. I got it. I got it. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. 100%. Already shifting gears slightly to the other side of of it around the inner critic. So what was one thing that your inner critic always used to tell you that you can now see that is just total BS? Oh, absolutely. Like I mentioned before, my inner critic used to always tell me that I wasn't, that I didn't know enough, that I wasn't enough and I wasn't, and I wasn't ready. I was like, no, you're not ready. You're not ready to start a business. (laughs) You're not ready to, (laughs) you have to go and do some more study. Like you don't know enough, which is crap, which is absolutely crap. There's always, if you don't know something now and nobody ever knows everything, you can go and find the answer if you need to. That's, you know, going back to my definition of inner confidence is trusting I can handle anything that comes my way and for me it was really accepting that you know the industry that I'm in and the career that I love to do and the way I want to serve people will always be an evolution of improving increasing my knowledge work you know networking working with like-minded people just constantly learning but my inner critic was telling me, no, I have to know everything first, <laughs> which is rubbish, which is rubbish. So I was just so unhappy, like wanting to have my career, just wanting to do this really great work. But it was like, no, you're not ready. No, no, not, not yet. So that's what my inner critic was for me. She's to the back yeah. now. She's tucked away to the back. <laughs> I was just going to say, thank goodness you you called BS on that because yeah. you're doing some wonderful, wonderful work in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So what's one piece of advice you'd tell your younger self? Hmm. I would definitely tell myself to trust myself more. I would be like, you got this. You have all of the answers in front of you. And if you don't, you've got the power to find them. So that's what I would be telling myself. Just trust yourself. I definitely think I would also add to that just to trust my intuition more. I feel I am a very intuitive person, but I never used to follow it. I never used to follow so it. And, yeah, and every time I didn't, I'd always turn around and go, huh, told you, like, told you so. But now I really trust my intuition and I think it's, I think it's amazing. Yeah, like we've got the answers. You've got the answers and trusting yourself definitely yeah 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 I mean I see that going hand in hand but yeah, yeah. wonderful couldn't agree more yeah. yeah and lucky last if there yeah. was one piece of wisdom one message one thing that you'd really like to impart with the world and the lives that you've touched what would it be I'm actually going to, it's pretty much the same as the advice that I gave myself because I know that it's so important to everybody, especially the the clients that I serve. Just trust yourself. You've got it. You've got this. And it's like, I just want to like give a hug to everybody. I just want to give a hug to everybody and just say, you're going to be okay. You're going to be more than okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just to trust yourself and that you've got it. So beautiful. It reminds me, I wrote down this um, in our conversation when we were talking about doing this podcast. Yeah. And you wrote down, I just want want to say that you're, it's okay to be a hot mess and everything's going to be fine. Totally. (laughs) And I wrote it down because it's so, I loved how you said it, but so true, right? You can totally be a hot mess, like whatever. And it was, you know, and I often think about people 
go, oh, but I don't like mess. I don't like not having things in, you know, out of my control. I'm like, well, if you don't like embracing mess, it just means that you're standing still. And when we stand still, everything around you is perfectly immaculate because you're not moving. And then imagine yourself in a room and you're not moving, then in come 20 other people. Everybody's moving around you, but you're still still because you're not wanting to embrace the mess. So the only thing that is left for you to do is to start looking at what everybody else is doing. Why is this person moving faster than me? Why is this person doing doing this? Why are they in such a rush for? Because when we don't embrace mess, it means that we are not moving. And you can interpret that metaphorically any way that you want. It just means that you are at a a standstill for for that moment. You're not wanting to embrace mess. So you can either learn to live with no mess, but you're not going to go very many places. And that was a mentor that I had many years ago had described control and not embracing, you know, being a hot mess in that way to me. And it really resonated with me, just that visualisation that I am standing still and not doing anything really got to me, actually. I was like, oh, well, yeah, of course. Of course that's what it is. So, yeah, sometimes that's how I like to think about it when I'm, you know, thinking about work or thinking about life going, oh, I'm nervous about doing this. What if I don't have it have it all in control? Well, okay, that means that I might not be moving. It's, well, because I'm not, I'm literally standing still, not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And not really living. Yeah, totally. So it's totally okay to be a hot mess. Totally cool to yeah. be a hot mess. In fact, it's it's vital and important and if we come back, just wrapping it up to deeply trusting in ourselves and our yes. intuition, yeah. then we know that whatever mess, whatever stuff we get thrown, we'll be okay. Completely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Oh, this has been so good. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that you wanted to share? Any no, other last I parting actually... words? No, I actually think we covered everything. I think we got um I think we got it all in. I think we got Amazing. It all in. <laughs> so good. So jam-packed with goodness. Yeah. Uh and now before before we go, where can the listeners find you? So my home is on Instagram. So my handle is Bianca Marriott's Naturopath. And if you also look up the stress-free naturopath, I will definitely pop up there as well. And then you can also find me on my coaching community via my email list, which the direct link is on my Insta bio. And that's where we get a little bit more juicy on topics in there. So that's a really good place um, to hang out and come and find me if you like. Amazing. That sounds so good. And we'll definitely link to all of that in the show notes where people can go say hi. And yeah, I mean, if you've loved this episode, please share it and tag us on Instagram and let us know what resonated with you and hit home and what you're committing to in terms of re-looking at your stress and creating that stress resilience, which I love. I love that term. So Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your beautiful work and wisdom with us and just being such a light. It's been such an honour to talk with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you as always, as always. Oh, thank you, gorgeous. Wasn't that epic? For all of the details and things we talked about in today's show, you can check them out in the show notes and that's over at evelynkelly.co.nz forward slash podcast. And if you can think of anyone who would really benefit from this episode, then please share it with them. And while you're there, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a five-star review in iTunes so that we can get this podcast out to even more humans and create a ripple effect throughout the world.